I, I, I think if I could get you to do one thing, I would say when you get to the point that you really feel highly motivated to just towards keeping your virtue, then you'll, ex you'll discover quite quickly just how extraordinary a life was meant to be and could be. And it's and it's it's just we get so messy. It's not that we're doing lots of wrong things, but our mind is so messy. We don't keep it simple, and and we end up making the life that we're living so inordinately complicated and completely unnecessarily. And it's such a shame to end up feeling <laughs> in a real muddle when actually you ought to be having the time of your life. It takes mindfulness to come to a human life. And then above that, it takes mindfulness and virtue to come to a fortunate human life. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Unapologetically Human podcast with Dan Boyvin. This past week, week and a half now, has been a struggle for me. And the reason why is that I finally launched my podcast. I finally did this thing that I have been wanting to do and talking about with my friends, my family, my loved ones for so long. You know, I made my artwork, I made my first couple episodes, I launched it, I've gotten a ton of positive feedback, and I am so grateful for you, whoever is listening to this right now, for being here, for being a part of this, and for so many of you that have been encouraging me along my way for much longer than you know this past little bit since I launched but for years with the things that I've been putting out there and it's felt really really great to have this sense of accomplishment that I've done this thing I've created this thing I'm like fuck yeah fucking right I'm awesome and then in trying to actually sit down to create the next episode, I've been going into my regular ways of hyper-analyzing. This is what I want to do. Thinking, thinking, thinking about it without actually getting pen to paper and actually sitting in front of the, the microphone and sitting in front of this blank canvas, so to speak, and actually doing it. You know, it's just uh, my regular ways of being, of procrastinating, have just been so present. And it's really ironic because what, <laughs> what I 
decided that I wanted to make this episode about is what's been holding me back. I had mentioned in the last episode that I created that comprehensive explanation and I launched that in October of 2018. And then afterward, I just kind of didn't do anything with the podcast. And I want to share some of the reasons why that is. And it's it's been a really challenging experience this last week, kind of like this very meta thing where what I want to talk about, what's holding me back and what I think is holding so many of us back is present and in the way of me even making this. So needless to say, it's it's been a tough week being with myself and experiencing this resistance I have and this procrastination that so many of us are all too familiar with when it comes to actually doing the work on the things that we say that we want the most. And that might be something to do with your health, maybe eating better, might be creating some art, a business, dating, like we have so many important things that we want to do in our lives. And if you're anything like me, which I'm sure many of you are, we just consistently avoid. And there's a lot of reasons for this. We are such infinitely complex creatures and we have so many things going on inside of our head at any given time and 95% of of what goes on inside of us in our mind and our body we're it's all subconscious like we're not consciously aware of what's going on we're not aware of the things that are actually holding us back like what's at play subconsciously that allows us to continually just not do the things that we say we want to do it's because we're afraid of so many things well that's it that's the end of the episode (laughs) no i'm just kidding most of the programs that i've taken in the past couple years whether that be programs directed towards understanding my challenges with my mental health or entrepreneur programs or personal professional growth programs, meditation programs, pretty much every one of them is focused around this idea of awareness and being mindful of what's actually going on that leads us to behave in the way that we do and what I've been learning more than anything is that I am a serious pain in my own ass and man it is just it's so frustrating to deal with and struggle with the experience of being myself sometimes and just feeling 
like I'm so in the way of the things that I want in my life and that I just don't know how to get out of my own way and take action on the things that I want to create in my life. And so to understand what's really going on here, we need to start to separate some of the things that are going on inside of our head because our ego, our sense of self, our story about who we are, what our name is, how old we are, the things that happen to us, who's our family members, where were we born, where do we work, where have we traveled, what have we done? All of these things are what make up our identity and our ego and our identity and our sense of self. We tend to experience that as if we're this single, whole, neat and tidy, unified being and that our stories that we carry with us and that we create for ourselves are true when in reality what's actually happening is that we have a lot of different parts of our brain we have a lot of different competing brain systems that do different things for us and one of the most challenging things that's in the way of us getting the things we want out of life and creating the things that we want out of life is that we came from a really harsh natural world and we still even though we live in a relatively safe world now that we've created for ourselves we still very much live in survival mode and some of the key characteristics of how we operate in survival mode is that we're always trying to look good and avoid looking bad we desperately seek the approval of other people particularly our you know maybe our romantic partner and our our closest friends and our family but we seek the approval or fear the disapproval of people that we don't even know or people that don't even really fucking matter to us or our life but we allow the fear and the stories that we create about what so-and-so are going to think, regardless of how close they are to us or not, we allow our desire to look good and seek approval and to belong to stop us from ever rocking the boat, from ever stepping outside of the socially defined lines of what's acceptable. And we do this because we have the natural tendency to seek pleasure and avoid pain at all costs. We always want to feel comfortable and safe. And that makes us want to never do anything that is difficult or hard or pushes ourselves out of our comfort zone. Whenever we try to do anything that's going to push us outside of our comfort zone, we come up against this really 
profound internal resistance to doing anything that there's a possibility that we might look bad. We might not look good. We might look dumb when we're trying to do or learn new things. And that's something that I've been coming up against in making this podcast for years before launching. But even now that I've launched, it's not like the fears and the insecurities that I have always had are gone just because I made a couple fucking podcast episodes. Like I'm still coming up against that that resistance to looking bad. I'm trying to figure everything out beforehand before actually sitting in front of the microphone and, you know, just seeing what comes out. And one of the things that so many of us do is we try to see how we're going to get from point A to Z for all you Canadians out there or Z for you Americans. We try to see and figure everything out beforehand before taking the first step. Like you don't get from A to Z or Z. You go from A to B and you figure things out as you go. And a useful analogy that I heard before is this idea that could you imagine if before leaving your home to drive across the city to go somewhere to do something, maybe you're going to do groceries, run an errand, meet someone for a date, for a drink, for for lunch or dinner, you're going to a show. Could you imagine if you would only take the first step if you could like figure out or guarantee that there's a route across the city with all green lights, like you're never going to hit a red light. But that's that's what we do when we're trying to figure out everything before actually taking a step towards our goals. It's like we want fucking green lights across the city and we're, we're not willing to take a step unless we can try to figure out how do I avoid all of the red lights on my way? How do I avoid looking stupid? How do I avoid messing up or sounding dumb or maybe I say something that upsets someone that I love and care about or they just they disagree with and it causes an issue and so it's like we just sit at home and think about the things that we want to do rather than going like when you're going to drive across the city you're going to hit some fucking red lights you know that and that's the same for when we want to build, create, develop, change something about ourselves or our circumstances in life, you're not going to have green lights across the city. You're going to hit obstacles along the way and you're going to have to wait at those red lights for it to turn green again. You're going to have to deal with those obstacles when you actually get to them. But one of the reasons that we do this as well is that the survival context that we exist in and that we operate from in our lives is that we also always want to be in control. We want to try to figure everything out and control all the variables and prevent anything bad from happening so that we don't have to experience any 
discomfort or feeling a lack of safety, we don't want to be judged, we don't want to be criticized, is we're, we're constantly trying to be in control and to avoid being dominated by anybody else. And we can't live inside this survival context of trying to always look good, never look bad, seeking approval and belonging, always being right, always being in control, avoiding domination and seeking comfort and safety and avoiding discomfort and any sort of pain and create the things that we want to create in life. I heard a statistic recently that only about 2% of the human population have figured out how to master themselves so that they're the type of people that actually do the things that they say they want and are going to do to be able to live a life that's free of or relatively free of regret. And that's a sad statistic to think that only 2% of the human population that's ever lived has been able to live a life relatively free of regret. So that when we're on our deathbed, we're not looking back at our lives with a whole laundry list of things that are like, oh, fuck, I wish I, I wish I did this thing. I wish I, you know, I wish I reached out to that person and told them how I feel or mended our relationship after that stupid fight that we had or that I made the the music or the art that I wanted to make or that business that I wanted to create or that career change that I wanted to do. Like most of us are on track to be on our deathbed if we're so lucky as to have the opportunity to look back on our life. So many of us are on track to be looking back at a life full of regret. And it's terribly sad that that's the case. Like that's a major part of the human condition. Now, I apologize because my goal here is in no way, shape or form to make you feel fucking depressed about the human condition and your own situation, if it's anything like mine, of how much you're in your own fucking way in your life. But this episode's about what's holding us back. So there are certainly things that we can do, things that we can learn, ways that we can train ourselves to overcome these things. But for now, let's just outline this a little bit more. Because most of us don't understand ourselves. We don't understand our minds and we don't know how to really control our minds in order to do the things that we want to do because we really didn't learn about this at all I don't know about you but my parents and my teachers and the shows that I watched on tv didn't teach me fuck all about how my mind works and what's going on inside of me, how to understand myself and other people and the world that we live in really, and how to 
understand and push through the resistance that we experience with our natural survival mechanisms. And there's this saying that your mind is an excellent servant, but a terrible master. And for so many of us, our mind is our master, especially if you struggle with any sort of mental health issues like depression or anxiety or addiction. It's like our mind just completely runs out of control and like we can't do anything about it. And then it just goes on repeat on the hamster wheel. And so many programs that I've taken and teachers and mentors and trainers and so many of the inspirational and motivational and self-help and personal and professional growth content that we find in such abundance online today is focused around raising your level of awareness of what is going on, like what's actually happening. And this is one of the hardest things you could ever possibly imagine or ask of yourself. So like give yourself a break and and don't get down on yourself too much when this comes up again and again in your life. Even when you have accomplished things, even when you've created things, this resistance and this way of being tends to come back. And one of the ways that I've found it most helpful to understand this, to understand what's going on, is this idea that we have very separate parts of ourselves. Like our ego makes us think that we're, we're one self when really we're, we're not. We're a complex combination of different things that are going on based on our life experience, our genetics, and two of the main parts of our brain are the brainstem, the animal brain, the oldest parts of our brain, and the prefrontal cortex, like the newest part of the brain, the part of the brain that makes us human, the part that makes us stand out from nearly all the other creatures in the animal kingdom is this front part of our brain that is relatively new. And the animal part of our brain, our brainstem, the part of our brain that dictates the survival mode that directs most of us through most of our life is literally millions of years old. This is a part of the brain that's developed from long before there were even primate species like us. I read somewhere that some of our oldest ancestors that are like us are like two or three million years old. And this brain stem, this oldest part of the brain is much, much older than them. But the prefrontal cortex, the newest part of our brain is only about 200,000 years old. That's when humans started to develop language and really start to set themselves apart from the other creatures. And the animal mind, the brainstem, is where the fear center of our mind is. It's where our fight or flight mechanism comes from. 
and it's largely subconscious. It's basically like our inner child. Like it can't delay gratification. It's reactive and basically just throws tantrums all the time and is really hard for us to control because it's so ancient. It's so much older and so much more powerful than the newer part of our mind, which is like our rational adult mind. It's our conscious mind. It's where our ability to plan and have foresight is. It's called the area of executive function within our mind. And that's largely where we're able to plan. Like we are able to delay gratification. We are able to soothe this ancient part of our mind. We're able to interrupt it. We're able to motivate ourselves and rather than react to the things that life throws at us, we have the time to pause and respond. And essentially, these two parts of ourselves are like our child mind and our parent mind, our unconscious mind and our conscious mind. And so much of the teachings around how to understand and overcome the things that hold us back are deeply grounded in our ability to raise our level of awareness and to interrupt our old ways of being, our old patterns of thinking and behaving. But again, this is one of the most difficult things you could possibly ever do. So if you're having trouble trying to interrupt your old ways of being, your old ways of thinking and acting, you're not alone. This is like the biggest challenge you could ever possibly take on. And you got to just take it easy on yourself and have some compassion for yourself that this is a journey. It's extremely difficult to train yourself to be more aware, more mindful and able to have your newer prefrontal cortex interrupt your brainstem, right? Because we naturally exist in this survival mode. We don't naturally exist in awareness. And it's because literally every single thing that has lived before humans only had survival mode. They only had reaction. They only had instinct. It's only when humans came along and this new part of our brain developed that we developed consciousness, that we developed the ability to think and plan long term. Otherwise, the completely normal and natural way of existing is just in survival mode. It's in the moment, it's in the now, and it's in the short term because the survival mode part of our brain that runs our lives most of the time and our egos are extremely self-centered. It's all me, 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 myself, and I. What's in it for me and what's in it for me right now? 
And, you know, this is our challenge individually and collectively we're all operating like this together and it's our challenge collectively to be more aware because look at the world that we live in. Our businesses, our governments have operated in survival mode since the beginning of time as well. For the most part, it's always short term, quarterly profits, what's in it for me right now, corruption, bribery, like all this shit that is like the parasitic nature of the biggest challenges that we have as individuals and collectively as a species are all because of this same type of thing that that we all deal with, right? And as we get older and develop more technology and deeper knowledge like neuroscience and how the mind actually works and as we develop more technology that gives us data and feedback about what's going on in the world and you know like big data gives us eyes on things that we could never see before as we as we grow and as we develop as individuals and as a species, we start to raise our awareness. But for many people, they never do it because it takes conscious effort. Like you will live your whole life in survival mode, in being relatively self-centered and not necessarily like you're a bad person or you're a fucking asshole or something like that. Like it's just, it's, it's our natural way of being. There's nothing, there's nothing inherently bad or wrong about it. It just doesn't work for us to get the things that we want out of our lives or to create the things that we want to create together to create the types of businesses and the type of society that we want to have, right? Like all of this stuff takes conscious sustained effort on our parts and to constantly be working to not only be more aware and to see what kind of like mode or way of being we're operating from in any given moment but to also be able to have tools to interrupt that and a couple of the most powerful tools that we can have are recognizing that in every moment with every thought we have and every action that we take, we're always stringing together a story about ourselves and our life and our place in the world and what we're capable of. And it's the stories that we tell ourselves that we've told ourselves historically throughout our lives and in any moment with any actions that we take or we don't take and what we're capable of doing and creating for ourselves in the future. It's these stories that really create the identity that we have and that we sort of exist as in the world. Like we're a character in the story of our life and in relation with other people and in the communities and organizations that we're part of in the world. We're like this little character that's running around and the way that we talk to ourselves in our head is the story that we 
are telling ourselves. And that story is largely based off of the beliefs that we have about ourselves, both good and bad. And unfortunately for so many of us, a lot of our beliefs are limiting and they're negative and they're skewed because we were hurt. You know, every single one of us were hurt. Life is hard. <laughs> like bad things happen. And even though good things happen as well, we have this negativity bias where we don't really remember the good things as much because good things don't hurt. Good things are great, but they're fleeting. They don't matter to our survival as much as bad things that hurt because we need to avoid bad things from happening and pain in order to survive. We don't really need to, certainly not in the same way, seek out pleasure and joyful experiences for our survival. Those are sort of nice to haves, whereas avoiding negativity and pain are have to haves. And so we all know that we remember so many of the painful moments and the stories that we've created around those painful moments throughout our lives. And especially for the stuff that happened when we were really young between the ages of zero to three and between the ages of three to seven, particularly because of the way the human mind develops, children actually make up beliefs about themselves. We all made up beliefs about ourselves as children about who we are and what we deserve in life based on how well our needs were met as children and when they weren't met, when bad things happened to us or when good things that should have happened to us didn't happen or consistently didn't happen, what we do as children is we make that mean something about who we are. Like that bad thing happened because I'm bad or because I deserved it or the good things didn't happen because I'm not good enough, because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worth having good things happen to me. And I've met so many people working through these types of problems, these negative thoughts and belief patterns. And so one of the best things that we can do is to recognize that we're always telling ourselves stories about ourselves, about being good enough or being deserving or being worthy or being smart enough or being capable or incapable and so many of us are constantly repeating to ourselves that like we can't do this or that thing because of X, Y, Z reason. And so often the reasons that we give are because so-and-so did this, therefore I can't do this thing. Like, what this has really looked like for me in my life is 
this victim story, which so many of us are telling ourselves our own version of our own victim story. Mine has been that my my parents, my family, my siblings, they didn't treat me well and they didn't love me. And so I've struggled with depression and anxiety and self-worth issues and low self-confidence and addiction issues and stuff like that for my whole life. And it's everybody else's fault. And it's it's my teacher's fault and the education system and our society's fault that I am the way I am because I was taught what I was taught and I wasn't taught what I wasn't taught. And now, now the challenges that I have had and that I continue to experience in my life are because of all these other people and they're not because of me, right? And it's, it's both the lack of taking responsibility for ourselves and realizing that we're just telling ourselves a story that limits us rather than empowers us those are two of the most important things that we have to begin to become aware of and interrupt if we're to create ourselves to be and our life to be the way that we actually want them to be. And as far as the stories go and recognizing that we're telling ourselves stories, one of the most powerful lessons that I've learned is to separate the fact that what happened in our life and the stories that we tell ourselves about what happened in our life are two very different things. We tend to think they're the same thing. We think that the story we tell ourselves about what happened is actually what happened, but that's not true. And one of the best examples of how unreliable our stories are is that eyewitness testimonies are generally speaking not admissible in court as evidence anymore because if a cop comes to the scene of a crime and asks 10 different witnesses what happened, they're going to get 10 different answers because what we think happened and how we interpret things are not facts. They're not what actually happened. So for a lot of us, we did have like fucking shitty things happen to us in our lives. Some people got raped, molested. Some people got the shit kicked out of them or abandoned or like all sorts of fucking terrible things but whether it was the worst types of things we can imagine happening to a person or it was just that maybe a parent wasn't around or your sibling was mean to you or you got bullied at school or something like everything is subjective and relative to us as individuals with our experience as a human being. So if you never had all this super fucking terrible stuff happen to you, then whatever was the worst stuff that happened to you, according to you and your experience, it doesn't matter. Like it can still affect you the same way. 
even the ability for people to get PTSD, to have post-traumatic stress disorder, it actually can happen for any reason. You know, it happens to a lot of people who are away at war, you know, in some of the most horrific circumstances that you could ever possibly imagine being in, you know, seeing your friends die, being in like gun battles and all sorts of shit, killing people, whatever, like lots of people get PTSD from that type of stuff. But basically anyone could get PTSD for anything if it's traumatic enough for them, right? So bad things have happened to all of us, basically, right? Whatever end of the scale of severity those things are, they were our experience as individuals and they were what we know and they affected us however they affected us. But one of the worst things that we do to ourselves in life is we tell the story of what happened again and again and again. Like I did for so many years, this story about my parents and my siblings and the education system and that I didn't get prepared for the world in the way that I needed to. And we're all doing that all the time, right? So the things that happened to us when we were younger, many of it is stuff that happened when that we're carrying all the way from the time that we were little, but you know, lots of, lots of shitty things happen when we're teenagers and at any age, it doesn't matter. But it's like the thing that happened happened and it might've sucked, but what's actually the worst part about it is us telling ourselves the story again and again and again throughout our lives. So when you start to realize that the story you're telling yourself is actually what's harming you now and it's not the thing that happened because the thing that happened was an event or an experience in a moment of time in the past and the past doesn't actually exist only now exists so that thing happened and now it's in the past now it's done and it may have hurt you. It may have had ripple effects for you in your life in the way that you think or feel about yourself and with some of the things that you struggle with now. But it's extremely powerful to recognize that when you raise your level of awareness, you can go, oh, hey, I'm telling myself that story again, that probably a lot of times that story doesn't feel good or many of the things that we say about ourselves are not good. We're constantly reinforcing our negative limiting beliefs through our internal dialogue and the stories that we tell ourselves. And as you start to realize that that's what you're doing, the more you realize it and practice it, the more you strengthen your prefrontal cortex because that's where your awareness is. Because 
all of this stuff is happening in your lower childlike animal brain. And that's our default mode. That's our default setting that we just, we go on naturally. We don't have to do anything. That's just what's happening all the time. It's only when we take a conscious effort and awareness and our intention to realize that we can either be limiting and stopping and disempowering ourselves with our stories and our beliefs, or we can be lifting up and pushing forward and empowering ourselves. And it's just, it's practice, 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 practice. Oh, I'm telling myself a story. That story doesn't actually help me in any way. I actually really don't fucking like that story. And I could do with not fucking telling myself that story anymore that I've told myself for the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Like, it's really helpful for us to really pay attention to our inner self-talk and our dialogue. Like, I did this entrepreneur program a few years ago and... There's a statistic that's something like 80% of businesses fail within their first five years because of the psychology of the founder. And that if you want to start a business, and this is the same for if you want to do anything in your life, you want to create anything, you have to get really clear on what are your disempowering and limiting and negative self-defeating beliefs that you have about yourself and your capabilities? And if you can, where did they come from? And then you have to systematically challenge them. And in each and every moment, be aware of whether or not you're thinking and your behavior is being driven by your limiting beliefs or your empowering beliefs. And you have to also recognize what are your empowering beliefs? What are your good beliefs that you tell yourself about yourself and who you are and what you're capable of in your life and in the world? And you have to systematically further empower those beliefs and disempower and challenge all of your negative beliefs and so recognizing as well that whether it's empowering you or disempowering you it's actually just a story that you're telling yourself and our stories that we tell ourselves are like self-fulfilling prophecies but we have the power as humans with this new part of our mind to choose what that story is going to be. So if you're going to choose the story, which for many of us is not easy, especially to change it when we've been telling ourselves the same story for so fucking long, but we do have the power through practice, through training and raising our awareness to choose the story that you're telling yourself, the way you're thinking in each and every moment and recognize when you're stopping and 
putting yourself down and limiting yourself that you actually can shift out of that. You can change that. And one of the most important things that we need, one of the most important tools that we can have in our toolbox in order to do this is to know why you want the things that you want for yourself and for your life. Because if you don't know why, it's so much easier to stay in this space of just being like, ah, it doesn't fucking matter. I'll never be able to do it anyway. Or it's too hard or or whatever. All the bullshit that we tell ourselves, right? And I have spent about $30,000 in the past two years on different programs for myself to like get out of my own way to fucking just understand why is it so fucking hard for me to just do the things that I've been talking about wanting to do for years like what's actually in the way and one of the biggest issues that I've had is just not being clear on my why Like, why do I want to do the things that I think I want to do, that I say I want to do? Because if we're going to change the things that we want to change about ourselves, we want to transform ourselves and our lives, then we need to be committed to the changes that we want to make or committed to the actions that we want to take or the things that we want to create, we need to have commitment. And you can't have commitment without knowing why you're committed to something. And the flip side of that as well is getting crystal clear on what are the costs of you not doing the things that you want to do? What are the costs of you continuing to do the things you're doing, to think the way you're thinking, to act the way that you're acting. Like, what's the cost going to be if you continue to be like that for another year, another five years, another 10 years? Like, what is your life going to look like? How are you going to feel in five or 10 years or more, maybe for the rest of your life, if you keep thinking and behaving in the way that you have been up until now. Those aren't easy things to to come up with. Even if you spend a lot of time and you feel like I have that you are pretty crystal clear on why you want to do the things you want to do, why you want to be who you want to become, why you want to create the things that you want to create and what the costs are of you continuing to act in the ways that you always have. But the resistance that we face within ourselves and the fear and the insecurities and the negative and limiting beliefs and that survival mode that we operate from, it is so, so fucking powerful that you need to make the reasons why you're committed to what you are committed to and what the costs are of not being committed to it, you need to make those things 
bigger and more crystal clear than you can possibly fucking imagine. Otherwise, they won't be big enough to overcome our natural way of being in survival mode because it's so powerful. Like, I read this book a number of years ago called The Biology of Belief by this guy, Bruce Lipton, who's a cell biologist. And there's this one picture in the book. It's like, it's just this black rectangle and it has a single tiny little white dot in the center of it. And it says that the black rectangle is representative of your subconscious mind, which is what controls our life most of the time. And the little white dot in the center is representative of your conscious mind. And it's like the the power of your subconscious mind versus the the power of your conscious mind. And that the little white dot had to be magnified 25 times in order to just be seen. And that's why this is so fucking hard. Because it says something like our conscious mind processes like 40,000 bits of information a day. But your subconscious mind processes like 4 million bits of information a day or something. It's just such a staggering difference in power and capacity of like what we're talking about here. And that's why it tends to be so challenging for us to change our thinking patterns and our behaviors and our habits, especially bad habits, because we need to recognize that it's not a fair fight. Like our childish animal brain will fucking win every time unless we're using this amazing tool that we have, our conscious mind and our awareness to be constantly feeding our mental resources into empowering that part of ourselves. And the last thing that I'll share with you about what's been holding me back in my life, throughout my life, and this past week is if we are able to reach out to other people and ask for help. Of all the amazing people that I've met over the years who are like up to big things in their life, they want to live life to the fullest and create art, create businesses, create amazing relationships, make lots of money, have lots of sex, have lots of fun in their life and help other people and build amazing organizations and change the world. Like I've met so many amazing people and 99% of us, whenever a trainer asks us to put our hands up if you have trouble asking people for help or reaching out for support. It's like consistently in like every room I've ever been in, whether it's therapy or it's an entrepreneur course, fucking pretty much everybody puts their hand up that they have a really hard time asking for help. And this is just another part of our survival mode because 
as kids and so many times throughout our lives, when we're hurt, we put up defense mechanisms and we stop being able to easily trust people. And that includes trusting that people will love and care about us enough to actually do the things that they say they're going to do and to not let us down and to actually help us. Like so many of us have such a hard time asking for help because we have such a hard time trusting people and a hard time being vulnerable or surrendering because sometimes we think we need to do it ourselves or else it's not going to get done right either. And we let our perfectionism get in the way as well. And we, we lone wolf so many things in our lives and try to do it all our own. And for most of us, that doesn't work. Like we can do some pretty amazing things by ourselves as individuals. We certainly can, but we need each other. We need help. We need communities if we want to actually go as far as we want to go in life. Like there's that that old saying, like if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And so this past week, I've been sitting around in my apartment thinking about what I want to do for this podcast and just not really talking to anybody about the challenges that I've been having or reaching out or asking for support or help. And like I'm in a leadership program right now. I'm in a business leadership a personal professional growth program right now. I have a coach and I have a team and I have the whole group of people that are taking this program. And still, even with knowing how important it is to be aware of myself and what's going on with me and what's stopping me from doing the things I want to do and like not trying to lone wolf and do everything myself and do it in isolation, my survival mode is alive and well. <laughs> and I just sit here struggling and what actually has helped me get a little bit of a fire under my ass and a little bit of external accountability is I had a group call with my group and I told them what was going on and they asked how they could support me and I said you probably like get on my ass about actually doing it and that'll help me to have people be like, are you working on it? What are you doing? Why aren't you doing it? Like my coach asked me, she's like, why the fuck are you here? Like, why are you in this program? If you want to just keep getting the same results that you've always gotten by doing the same things you've always done. Like, why are you here? And for whatever reason, maybe because I got yelled at a lot as a kid. So I respond to that. I sort of need to be yelled at a little bit, which isn't ideal. But for the things that I want to do most for me in my life to grow as a person and to create things like I need I need help. I need people to help push me when I can't push myself outside of my own limiting beliefs and negative, critical self-talk and judgment that comes up for myself especially when I'm trying to 
do something new and create something, all of these feelings come up and these thoughts that like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. What's the fucking point? No one's going to really listen to this or care anyway. And it doesn't matter. And one of the saddest things about when we tell ourselves that it doesn't matter or not if we do something or if we don't do it, we're actually saying not just that like that thing doesn't matter. It's like we're saying that we don't matter. And pretty much every single one of us has that belief for one reason or another. We think that we're not enough. We're not good enough. And there's this amazing woman named Marissa Peer who she's a coach for people who are already extremely successful, high-performing people, but they can't get to the next level of their life either. They can't get past like a hump. And she pretty much, one of her main philosophies and things that she talks about is just that like, Every single one of us thinks that we're not good enough. Whether you're not at all where you want to be in your life or you're actually doing really well, but you can't get to the next level of where you want to get to. It's like, well, it's because we think we don't deserve it. We think we're not good enough. And it's a real tragedy that that's part of the survival mode and the the defense mechanisms, the barriers that we put up and the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves about the painful things that happened in our life that at the heart of all of that stuff we tend to all think that we're not good enough for whatever reason something happened to us something someone said to us or did to us has made us think that we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not deserving enough. We're not worthy enough. We're not lovable. We're not enough. And those beliefs exist in our subconscious, in our animal brain, in our childlike brain and in our limiting beliefs and in the stories that we tell ourselves that hold us back and that give us permission to hide and play small in our life and not do the things that we want to do. And one of the most important things that we can do and most of us need to do is to surround ourselves with other people that are interested in similar things and trying to improve themselves and create things as well because for so many of us we have friends and family members that aren't really into the things we're into and they're not supporting us in our life to help us to change the way we think and behave. And so just like we have to work to consciously be aware of the way we're thinking and behaving, we have to consciously put in the effort 
to surround ourselves with people that are going to help us as well and to not try to do things by ourselves and to learn to reach out for help and to find people in our lives that we actually can let our barriers down and be vulnerable and trust people and ask for help and surrender and actually accept people's help. Because even when people offer help or people will say that they're they're down to help us, so often we actually have a really hard time accepting that help as well. So, in conclusion, our old way of thinking and being and behaving and being in survival mode and talking to ourselves like shit and disempowering ourselves with our negative critical self-talk and our limiting beliefs in our life and being surrounded by people in our life that aren't aligned with our vision for ourselves and our life and our future and the things that we want to create in the world, that's all what can be called the world of the ordinary or the mediocre. And what we're doing when we're consciously choosing stories and empowering beliefs and on a consistent basis working to build up our awareness and interrupt our old ways of being and to surround ourselves with people that are aligned with the types of things we want to learn and will help us get to the places that we want to get to in our life like that way of being and thinking and operating and empowering yourself and other people and being surrounded by other people that are lifting you up and pushing you forward in your life that is this like world of infinite possibilities and in each and every moment we get to choose whether we're going to be in that old bullshit in that old mediocre world of the ordinary or if we're going to choose consciously to interrupt that when we notice it when we're aware that that's what we're doing and to just step outside of that and step outside of all of our normal reasons and complaints and excuses for why we don't do or can't do the things that we want to do in our life. And when you step outside of that, you step into this world of infinite possibility where you have the power as a human being to choose whatever you actually want. Choose your thoughts, choose your habits, choose your behavior and your actions. Choose who you're going to hang out with and spend time with and whether these thoughts and actions and other people in our lives are either going to continue to hold us back or if they're going to push us forward towards actually achieving our goals and creating our vision for ourselves and our lives and what we create in the world and making that a reality. Phew. Oh. Man. Okay, I got through it. I got through it. Glad that's over. Um, this has been a, a really challenging episode for me to gather my thoughts together and to 
sit through the resistance and discomfort and my, all my old bullshit stories about myself and what I'm capable of. And uh, if you made it this far, fucking right. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Let me know what you thought, what you think. Hopefully you got some value from this. Hopefully my endless blabbering uh, entertained you in some way or you can connect with my story and my struggle. And, uh, you know, if I can be one of those people in your life that can help to push you forward, then right on, man. All right. That's it for episode three on what's holding us back. See you next time. I'm actually laying in my bed right now with my laptop beside me and my microphone stand resting on my chest. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not looking good for us, folks. Looks like we really got our fucking work cut out for us because... It's like we all want to do these things, but part of us wants no fucking part of that shit. Not one bit at all. <laughs> Even with the amount of time and energy and money that I've been putting into like figuring this out for myself, it's like I can't even get myself to work on the next episode of my podcast once once I've launched it and once people are like, yeah, it's awesome. Fucking where's the next one? I'm like, uh, I can't get myself to work on it because I don't know. I don't know why. Because this is what I think about. This is what I do to myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking figure out how to talk about some of the uh, biggest problems in the world. No big deal. No big deal. Fucking get right on that. And then I kind of think and think and the procrastination paralysis takes over. I guess now would also be a good time to give a little disclaimer that I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. So there's also that. But so many of us are walking around like... I got this. Everything's good. Everything's fine. And people are people are damaged. <laughs> like a lot of us. Like basically every single one of us. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. I'm fucking losing it. I'm losing it, people. It's making me feel like I'm a fucking crazy person. Fuck. Oh, there's a helicopter.
I'm so fucking immature. I literally just tried to record a fart into my microphone. It didn't work very well. And then you'll get to the end of it having had a awesome time. Knowing that that was something you'd recommend to others. Place inside.